The Cell Phone Junkie Podcast, episode 315 for June 10th, 2012. Qualcomm has a new multi-band LTE chip in the works, everyone announces their Samsung Galaxy S3 plans, and Dropbox adds video streaming for Android. My name is Mickey Papillon. And I'm Joey Kappas. Brought to you each week with the help of listeners like you, subscribers to The Cell Phone Junkie Unlocked. More information at thecellphonejunkie.com. The show is also supported by The Cell Phone Junkie podcast application, available now for Android and the iOS for $1.00 and 99 cents. Well, first this week, Qualcomm has disclosed as part of a filing made to the FCC recently that it is developing a radio chipset that will support seven spectrum bands, including three below one gigahertz. The chip could offer the ability to operate on multiple 700 megahertz bands, creating devices that are interoperable between LTE networks by different carriers. Now, in the filing, Qualcomm argued against proposed interoperability plans by the FCC. They stated... Because of the difficulty interface uh, interference challenges described herein, the fact that existing technology does not offer a solution to these challenges and Qualcomm's ongoing innovation and collaboration with all carriers and manufacturers, the commission should not require mobile equipment to be compatible of operating over all paired commercial spectrum blocks in the lower 700 megahertz band. The initial comments for the FCC's proceeding on the matter closed last week and generated a flood of responses from across the industry. Now, this chipset, of course, course, uh, could mean a lot of different things. First off, it, it could mean just easier uh, abilities for the chip manufacturer, obviously Qualcomm, to provide something to the, the OEMs as they're putting together their hardware. But I think even better, this means that we could have the, the ability to buy a phone either from AT&T or Verizon, because that's who we're really talking about here, and be able to use it uh, once unlocked on the other network of the, the carrier that you don't buy it from. And I think that is something that we have all been kind of looking forward to here. And uh, so this, this would make a lot of sense if they can get this uh, get this thing going yeah and i'm not sure you know exactly how lte operates as far as you know sim card versus you know database uh you know like right now cdma devices even though technically they're compatible between the different cdma carriers they won't activate each other's devices because they're not in their own databases of course you know as far as the serial number of the device goes so i wonder if this will apply or not uh, if you can just pop the sim out i mean that of course that would be the absolute ideal situation uh for consumers Well, so far, it seems like uh, we we are going to be in a a pretty decent uh, position with that. And that's uh, from just kind of my experience with Verizon. Of course, these are talking specifically Verizon devices, but taking an LTE SIM, I've been able to move it back and forth between a mobile uh, hotspot, not a hotspot, but a a USB stick and an iPad 3 and had zero problems with it. And um, I I think there's there's the potential that we could be able to do that with other devices. I, I hear... A great way to go if you're looking to buy uh, an HTC One X is to get one uh, and import it uh, from Telus or one of the other carriers in the in uh, Canada who carries the One X that's got the North American LTE on 700 megahertz that uh, supports the AT&T. And I think that is hopefully a testament that means that to this that we could actually do this as long as that is unlocked and you're not having to to deal with any of the the restrictions therein. But uh, either way, it's interesting to hear that the seven different bands could be supported as part of this radio chipset. It's a, it's a pretty amazing engineering feat, uh, to say the least. Well, Vodafone and O2 this week announced a plan to pool network infrastructure to create a national grid for both carriers. The announcement has the companies remaining separate but sharing cell sites, maximizing coverage and creating spectral efficiency. 
frequencies. The hope is that 98% of the UK population will have 2G and 3G indoor coverage by the year 2015 and speed up the rollout of 4G two years before the anticipated regulatory requirement of 98% population coverage by 2015. 17. So great news there. Um, of course, this is uh, something, you know, we, we saw this with, um, with the every, was it everything everywhere, uh, which was the orange and I can't even remember the other carrier uh, over there that had this, but anyway, where they team up and they, they share the networks. And so now you've got Vodafone and O2, uh, of course, O2, um, if I remember correctly, back in 2007 was the original iPhone carrier for the UK. Um, and, uh, to the, the, you know, the dismay of many uh, Brits that that was not the best carrier for them. And uh, so I think this is a great thing if you're someone who's got O2 and maybe you're just one of those legacy users from the original iPhone. And now you've got Vodafone coverage as well or whatever other device you may have. So great news there for them. Verizon on Tuesday announced new markets in Indiana and Michigan to receive LTE service soon. Starting June 21st, the cities of Columbus and Seymour, Indiana, and Traverse City, Michigan will all go live. This brings the total number of LTE markets for Verizon to 258. Uh, Now, along with that, we also heard later in the week that there were a number of other markets, including some in Pennsylvania, North Carolina, and eastern Oregon, uh, that will also go live. Uh, More than 40 communities were announced uh, at that point. So we are very quickly closing in here on the 300 markets with LTE coverage by Verizon, just uh, really doing a great job expanding. The FCC on Friday announced that the State Department and Mexican government officials reached a spectrum sharing agreement along the U.S. border. The deal addresses the use of 800 and 1900 megahertz spectrum within 68 miles of the border and is intended to reduce interference for public safety agencies. An additional deal point allows Sprint to deploy CDMA service along the border and should help coverage issues for those Sprint customers who live and or travel in the impacted area. This is uh, great news. I guess I never even realized that this was an issue. Um, But uh, yeah, I understand. Absolutely. You know, you've got two different countries here and they're doing different things with their spectrum. So of course, you need to have some sort of agreement or you're going to have just absolute uh, chaos there uh, when it comes to what's getting used and for what. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? We actually did have a question or a comment from a listener. This was like three or four years ago about this issue because they were traveling just across the border and was curious uh, or or was talking about what what was happening with them and their Sprint service, I believe it was. So uh, this is definitely good uh, news for the the people on the uh, kind of the fringe areas there on the border, which, uh, you know, you need to kind of be able to extend beyond the border a little bit because you can't put up a virtual wall to cut the signals right off of that area. Well, and it also it, it makes people that are traveling just across to the border town happy because they get to roam, uh, not roam, but uh, get to stay on their native network and don't have to roam. Um, I've seen this a couple of times. There's a, a freeway, uh, Interstate 8, that goes between southern uh, Arizona and uh, through southern California all the way over to San Diego. And uh, along that route, when you get into California, you cross very, very closely to the Mexican border. And uh, depending on the service that I have, I actually have seen text messages from uh, the various carriers that say you are, you know, at, you know, going to be roaming here if you want to make calls. Here's what the rates are and stuff like that. And that was still on the U.S. side. So certainly there are towers uh, that may have been more powerful that my phone was picking up at that time. So 
this is specifically related to uh, through through uh, sprint uh, deployments here for the most part. But uh, the ADL addresses a lot of different spectrum and, and the use by various carriers. But uh, specifically related, Sprint will uh, will gain a lot from this ruling. And according to Sprint's support blog uh, this weekend, the carrier will begin charging a fifteen dollar fee for changing numbers starting on Sunday, June tenth. That's today. The fee applies only to changes done in stores or via calls to customer care, and changes made via Sprint.com will remain fee-free. And I believe this is, uh, you can do like one of those a year, I believe, or one every six months. There's some sort of limit to the number of times you can do it. Well, and I don't think they, I think everyone's got some sort of restriction like that, that they only let you do it every every once in a while. And, uh, you know, rightfully so, obviously, you don't want to be, you know, making number changes all the time. They'd run out of numbers very, very quickly. So, uh, but either way, just note that if you need to make a change to your phone number now, um, you know, go to Sprint.com and just do it there so you can save yourself the 15 bucks. T-Mobile confirmed that it will be testing HSPA Plus services on the 1900 megahertz PCS spectrum at WWDC in San Francisco this coming week. The test will allow users of devices like iPhones with T-Mobile SIMs in them to take advantage of higher network speeds. According to T-Mobile, while upgrading coverage inside the west side of the Moscone Center, T-Mobile has deployed 4G HSPA Plus service in the 1900 MHz band to test the live network on a small scale. The uh, As part of the company's previously announced $4 billion network modernization effort, T-Mobile plans to launch 4G HSPA Plus in the 1900 MHz band in a large number of markets by the end of the year, which will make our 4G network compatible with a broader range of devices including the iPhone. Yeah, I mean, this is great news for T-Mobile customers and also for, I'm sure, international travelers because I'm sure some of their devices prefer the T-Mobile network over AT&T's network, which, of course, then you'd be limited to edge-only speeds on your iPhone or uh, any other uh, regular 3G device you have. So uh, this is definitely great news. And, And what's actually more than that is... Uh, when you have an international uh, device and you're roaming here in the States specifically, you can easily choose which network you want to go to. It's not uh, just that it prefers it, but you can easily go in. Uh, Rene Ritchie over at iMore is a perfect example of this. He was constantly bouncing back and forth between T-Mobile and AT&T during events like CES. And I'm pretty sure he's going to be sitting on this, uh, this T-Mobile network here most of the time that he's at uh, Moscone. Yeah, and of course, you know, with the the uh, new policy at AT&T for unlocking iPhones that are no longer under contract and are paid up and whatever those the rest of those terms are, uh, we're going to be seeing a lot more unlocked iPhones out on the marketplace. A second, you know, secondhand ones, iPhone fours, uh, will start becoming more and more common here since they're going to be getting out of contract here, uh, you know, in the next few months. And I'm sure three GSs are starting to become more common now too because they're probably out of contract now. And with all that uh, being said and the new rates that T-Mobile has, uh, these markets are going to be uh, very popular for T-Mobile to have this spectrum. Very popular. It's so enticing looking at these. I was, uh, I did another kind of look this weekend to see if I was going to, maybe I should be looking to actually do this. Um, you know, with a family plan, though, it makes it a little uh, less justifiable. I'd be saving about $10 a month, which takes a, a while to make up that $315 fee. So um, I, I'll probably hold off for a little bit here. But uh, uh, just, you know, certainly if it does come to that, I, I would be looking to, uh, to make that jump because certainly I, I do love uh, saving money and it would be be perfect to go with uh, the prepaid plans on T-Mobile with an unlocked iPhone. 
Well, you can help support the Cell Phone Junkie and the work we do here each week by signing up for TCPJ Unlocked. The Unlocked podcast is our bi-monthly premium show, much like this show, uh, except it's $5 a month or $12 a quarter. Or if you'd like to sign up, sign up annually, you can do so for only $45. It'll give you in-depth conversations. We dig into the latest in cellular issues. We talk to industry experts, and uh, we do a lot more as well. You can sign up by heading over to thecellphonejunkie.com, and there's a link on the right side for TCPJ Unlocked. A big thank you goes out, of course, to everyone that subscribes. We could not do that show and this show without your support. Well, Sprint announced on Thursday, Virgin Mobile would begin selling the iPhone 4 and 4S starting June 29th, following a lot of rumors with this, and we actually talked about it on the show last weekend. Prepaid plans will start at $30 a month for 300 minutes and unlimited texts and unlimited fair use data. That means 2.5 gigs per month before being throttled. Uh, 1,200 minutes and unlimited minute plans are available for $40 and $50 respectively and include a $5 per month discount when customers register for automatic monthly payments with a credit, debit, or PayPal account. Uh, pricing for the device will be $549 for the 8-gig iPhone 4 and $649 for the 16-gig 4S. So we kind of thought it could be coming to boost to what some of the rumors were, but uh, it came to Virgin Mobile. It you know really doesn't make any difference because they're the same network anyways on Sprint. So this is very interesting news now that we have kind of more of a more of a mainstream uh, uh, prepaid carrier picking up the iPhone. I mean, uh, did you ever think you'd see this day come? Because uh, th- this is quite quite staggering and the prices at thirty dollars a month as long as you have it uh, you know as long as you get the automatic monthly payment. $30 a month for unlimited data and text messaging. Uh, that That uh, is the same as that uh, Walmart plan right now on T-Mobile. Um, so this is pretty amazing. And it gives you 300 minutes versus the 100 minutes that you get on T-Mobile. Now, it's only... 3G speeds, you don't get the, quote, 4G HSPA plus speeds that T-Mobile will give you, but um, it certainly is, you know, still something to consider because you do have more minutes. So if minutes are more important, this is probably a better deal. Uh, and even in even a better deal is if you want a few more minutes, let's say you need to talk more than 300 minutes a month, they have the 1,200-minute plans, uh, which I, I would say for the vast majority of people are, are going to be just fine. And uh, that, I think, is better than what anything that T-Mobile can offer. So, yeah, I mean, I'd, I guess I'd have to highly recommend this option if you're looking for an iPhone. I mean, uh, as long as you can handle the, the non-roaming capabilities of the, the Virgin Mobile network, uh, if you need to, if you can stay in the major metro areas, you'll be just fine with the, the network coverage. Of course, you know, check out the coverage maps ahead of time. But this is quite, uh, quite stunning com- compared to what uh, we've been limited to on the iPhone for monthly plans. I mean, minimum, what is it on uh, Verizon and and AT&T, I mean, it's like $75, $80 a month is what the, the minimum is. So this is quite a, quite a shift. And and I believe in the long run, you know, this will be a pretty big deal for Apple as far as the numbers go, because we've got a whole new market now that can now purchase the iPhone. Uh, you know, bad credit, uh, you know, that kind of thing is what this, you know, you can now take advantage of the iPhone. Yeah, and I, I really, you asked the question, you know, did I ever think I'd see this day? No, I didn't. And, um, you know, I, I thought that Apple would absolutely just stick around and, and try and, you know, deal with the, the postpaid market. But, you know, the, the question has kind of come up, right? What is Apple going to do to, you know, potentially lo- launch a, a low-cost iPhone or, you know, try and do something smaller? You know, we've heard of the, I, the iPhone mini. They're not going to do any of that. They're going to do this. They're going to take their phone and, you know, six, nine months after it launches on the tier one carriers, they're going to make it available 
to the prepaid market. And this is the the perfect way to go. Yes, it's a little bit expensive. It's more expensive than the cricket plans that we talked about. I think those are about $150 less. But, you know, honestly, still, when you're saving, um, you're saving this much money. I mean, what, what, you know, Verizon and AT&T, minimum voice plan, 40 bucks. Minimum texting plan, 20 bucks. The minimum uh, data plan on Verizon is 20 on AT&T it's 25. So I think that means 80 or $85 are the cheapest plans that you're going to get. And, and you may not use nearly those minutes. You may not use, uh, you, you may not even be getting a good data plan that you want because you're choosing the lowest tier because you don't want to pay more. So absolutely. We're talking about, you know, close to a third of the cost per month. So, you know, 650 bucks is not that much. You're going to make that up in just a couple of months. Yeah, uh, basically, because if you take, let's just take a two-year standard contract here, this plan comes out to be about thirteen seventy dollars with the with the um, with the phone included and the monthly fees. So then, you know, compare that to the Verizon or AT and T. You're well over two thousand uh, dollars for two years of the iPhone. So uh, even though it's a little bit more upfront. Uh, it's a huge savings on the back end. Yeah, that's just uh, it's just staggering the amount. I mean, it's it's probably close to a thousand dollars over two years that you're going to save. Yeah, and then of course you don't have an ETF that you then have to uh, you know pay if you do cancel service as well. And you've got this phone that is essentially ready to go for the next person, uh, and they're going to pay a, a, you know a good amount for it because they're going to look for a deal. You may lose you know hundred or two hundred dollars on it, but you've saved that in just probably three months. I mean, it's really not. Uh, that that bad. We I, I love this stuff. I love the fact that we are finally starting to see great options for those that want to save a little bit of money and don't want to have to go with with one of these these top carriers or get a postpaid plan when this just doesn't make sense for your situation. Yeah, and I know we've, we've talked about this before, but uh, you know the data options for prepaid, you know, and T Mobile and Virgin Mobile especially have have changed so much in the past couple of years. But you know, now the iPhone is available. That really does blow me away. It's awesome. I love it. Uh, The Samsung Galaxy S3. We talked a little bit about it last week. We're going to have an unlock show coming up about it here very soon. Uh, But it was uh, midnight on Monday. So just hours after released last week's show, uh, they announced that five carriers here in the U.S. will release customized versions of the S3 later this month. Starting in June, AT&T, Verizon, Sprint, T-Mobile, and U.S. Cellular will all have the devices expected to be around $199 with contract we're going to actually talk about each of these in depth so first off on monday verizon makes their announcement that uh, wednesday june 6th would they would start pre-orders for the device uh, the country's largest carrier offering the marble white and pebble blue models either 16 or 32 gigabyte variants for 199 and 249 respectively the s3 will be available with a 1.5 gigahertz dual core processor two gigs of RAM, and orders will ship by July 9th. Droid Life also reports that the 16 and 32 gig models will be available unlocked uh, for, non-contract I should say, for $599 and $649 respectively. That's consistent with other flagship smartphones on the Verizon network. And finally, PhoneScoop confirmed that Verizon will eventually offer global roaming on the 2G and 3G networks of overseas network operators. The capability, however, will not be available at launch. That's a very interesting thing that they're doing there. So they're going to make it so that you can use the device internationally uh, but not at launch so I'm not sure what's going on there if there's some exclusives with the other devices that uh, that are out there from Samsung or whatnot but anyway you will eventually if you decide to go with this device be able to use it internationally 
at some point. T-Mobile then announced that they would be carrying the Galaxy S3 starting on June 21st, so a couple weeks ahead of Verizon. That will use the Qualcomm Snapdragon S4 processor at 1.5 gigahertz, uh, dual core there, and will have support for T-Mobile's HSPA plus 42 megabit per second network. No word, though, yet for them on pricing. Sprint came out and said starting June 21st also, the device would be available from their network. Pebble Blue and Marble White in a 16 gig version for 199 32 gig version, 249 Customers uh, were able to start pre-ordering the device this past Tuesday, and the S3 for Sprint will be unique in that it will be the only phone to come preloaded with Google Wallet, and also the only one that will offer an unlimited data plan at launch with a new two-year contract. U.S. Cellular on Monday announced pre-orders for the device would be starting on June 12th, so that's this coming Tuesday. U.S. Cellular will also offer the white and blue versions, uh, either the 16 gig model for 199 or 32 gig for 249. Uh, also, they have a $100 rebate that they're going to be requiring uh, for customers to get that price point. Customers can pre-order the device again starting on June 12th. Shipping is expected to occur in July. So this is great news for consumers. We've got a kind of consistent phone out, you know, the flagship summer phone from Samsung here. It's we, we kind of know since we saw this with the S2 that this will really basically be the flagship phone for the entire year, uh, with the exception that we saw with the, the Samsung Galaxy Nexus. So it was kind of the mid-year phone release that was a good one. Uh, but we, we kind of know that they've they've kind of slowed down this flagship uh, device release here to a year, which I, I think is good news because, you know, backing down these hardware releases is it is a good idea for consumers so we don't get so fatigued with, the you know, the, the next greatest thing over and over again from from even every manufacturer within their product line. Well, uh, one more carrier to talk about here, and then I've got a, a note about that. AT&T uh, also announcing that they have a variant coming. Pre-order starting June 6th, this past Tuesday. Though they will only be offering the 16-gig version. They will uh, show uh, they offer an expansion via micro SD uh, for sale when you buy the device. A 16-gig card can be bought for $40 along with it. Though, of course, you can get 16-gig cards. You can even get 32-gig cards for less than that online. Uh, in addition to the white and blue options, the company says that they uh, will be also getting a red option. So that's kind of cool. Uh, they are scheduling uh, shipments starting June 18th. Uh, you can get the phone contract free for five forty nine. So, uh, but going back to what you said, Joey, I I, th- I really think it's interesting how um, this is the device that we are seeing on every network uh, this time. A- Samsung has changed their tune with this, with the S two and even the, the the original Galaxy. This was a device that was highly customized. Uh, the hardware was very different. Um, it was not something that if you put one from every carrier side by side, they you wouldn't have any idea that they were uh, the same phone, you know, internally. And uh, the unified hardware is going to be a big thing for them this year. This is, uh, if you will, the iPhone model or the BlackBerry model where you, you essentially release one device that looks essentially the same on all carriers. And that's a good thing. And I think that this is going to make it for a, a lot more recognition by customers. They're going to say, oh, is that the, you know, the Galaxy S3? It's not, oh, is that the Samsung Galaxy S2 Epic 4G touched by Sprint? No, they're not going <laughs> to. No, it's just that's the Galaxy S3, you know, and that, that's that is what it is. Um, every carrier has it. So, you know, pick your poison, if you will. If you uh, are an AT&T customer or a Verizon customer, you get LTE right out the gate. Uh, if you are a Sprint customer, it's an LTE enabled device, but it will not have LTE until it rolls out later this year. And of course, if you want pretty much just fast, uh, you know, HSPA plus speeds, T-Mobile's got your version there. So great news here. And of course, U.S. Cellular as well, if you happen to be with them. Great news here for customers, though. A lot of 
choice. You can get it different colors, different size options. It is like Android all wrapped into a ball here. Like let's just throw out every, this phone on every carrier, a lot of different options with it. You can choose exactly what you want with it. And uh, I love it. Now, if you do choose the AT&T or Verizon version, one thing that you will not get is your free 50 gigabyte Dropbox allowance. This was something that Samsung announced when they initially made the launch announcement back last month. They said that uh, those who buy the S3 will be able to get an additional 50 gigabytes in the Dropbox, uh, in Dropbox when you purchase, uh, when you purchase your device. Uh, they apparently have opted not to take this promotion. So, and uh, this is something that came directly from Dropbox. Dropbox, they said that the carriers have to opt into the promotion and uh, Verizon and AT&T are not among the participating carriers. So I, I kind of find that a little sad. It actually makes me not want to buy the AT&T version. Rather, I think I'd pick up the uh, international version and just deal with the HSPA speeds because, heck, that's a that's a deal in and of itself. I mean, that's giving you uh, something like, a, it's a well, it's $100 a year, I believe, uh, for the 50 gig option. So you're getting essentially a $100 value for that. It's it's a great thing. We're going to talk uh, just a minute here about another. Actually, let's talk about it right now because I think it's, it's, uh, it, it's worth mentioning in that there was an update for Dropbox this week that adds video streaming to Android 4.0 devices. So you can store uh, video up in Dropbox and then stream it directly over a Wi-Fi or cellular data connection. That's Dropbox version 2.1.4. And I, I wanted to mention that because I, I think it's it, it means something that now we've got 50 gigs uh, available here. So you can just throw all your video up there. You don't have to worry about using the 16 gigs of storage uh, or 32 gigs of storage on your device. You can just leave it up there and watch it whenever you want. Uh, and uh, it's just, it's, it's it's, it's really a great thing to have. I love being able to stream stuff. I have completely gone away from storing uh, video on my phones. I still do on the, the iPad, but uh, on the phone itself, I do pretty much exclusive streaming when I'm doing any, anything. And uh, I just, I'm also someone who happens to be in Wi-Fi a lot, so that's helpful. But even so, if I wanted to do it while I'm out and about, you can. It's easy and it works. And I, I'm, again, I'm sad that Verizon and AT&T have opted out of this because it, uh, it's kind of a bummer for me. Uh, also, AT&T this week announcing the Samsung Exhilarate going on sale June 10th for $50 with a new two-year agreement. First announced in January, it's an LTE Android phone with a 4-inch Super AMOLED display, dual-core 1.2 gigahertz processor, and 5-megapixel camera with the ability to record in 720p HD. It also has a 1.3-megapixel front-facing camera. It's made from 80% post-consumer materials and is the first AT&T 4G LTE smartphone to obtain a UL Platinum certification. Well, this show is also supported by the Cell Phone Junkie podcast application available for Android and the iOS for $1.99. For the true Cell Phone Junkie, the apps allow you to uh, view PDF documents in the show notes. You can also follow the show's Twitter feed. You can email the show, call in the show, and of course, listen to the shows in the background while you do other things on your device. You can get on-demand access to the latest 50 shows. And uh, if this is something, if you're looking to experience something that is the Cell Phone Junkie, this is the app that you need to have. So go and download it for either iOS or Android. Now in software this week, Google on Wednesday said a new version of Maps would soon be available featuring offline map access. The feature available as a lab for the past year will let users in select specific regions of a map, including entire towns, uh, and use them on the device when cellular connections are weak, non-existent, 
roaming if you want to save data use or in an area that is just not uh, efficient for using data. Full street-level details and POIs will be available, including support for zooming and directions. The new version is available, uh, will be available uh, within a few weeks. Joey, this is a pretty exciting thing. I, I was didn't realize how big of a deal this would be until I thought about traveling internationally and, and how you know how much you rely on maps when you're traveling in general, but when you're traveling internationally, of course, it's so easy to do it on your phone, and if you don't have to suck up all that data, uh, this is just a great way to go. And it's not like you have to actually think about it before you go in many cases, because you can hook your phone up to the Wi-Fi in a hotel or in a coffee shop, pull down the maps when you're thinking about what you're going to do that day, and uh, you're on your way without using data to flip through your maps. Yeah, I mean, it's a wonderfully powerful tool uh, to get around. I mean, I do use Google Maps on my Android phone uh, pretty intensely. I mean, when I'm traveling, especially areas I'm not familiar with. Yeah, I I do too. I think it's really convenient. And uh, certainly I would love to have uh, the, the mapping functionality that, uh, you know, the navigation functionality as part of uh, more operating systems, iOS specifically. Um, but uh, certainly this is, uh, this is something that's really nice to be able to use, you know, just as a, uh, you know, a, a very high end, like just, I need to get from here to there. This is how this is going to work and stuff like that. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm very optimistic about this. I like it. Yeah. And I hope the navigation aspect actually works with these offline maps. I, I think they would, but, uh, cause I know that's kind of a subset of Google maps, but, uh, it doesn't specifically say, so I guess we'll have to kind of wait and see if that, uh, if that is the case. Yeah, another announcement this week, too, uh, related to maps and Google is that Google Earth will soon be bringing 3D renderings of buildings and landscapes to the mobile apps. Now, before you think, well, I've seen some kind of 3D stuff in the past there where they show the mountains or the heights of buildings. This is totally different. Now, photos are being overlaid on the maps uh, that have been taken via aircraft along with the satellite imagery to produce the renderings. And Google Earth for both iOS and Android will be able to take advantage of this when the updates come out. Now, the weird thing is this may have been the the case for quite some time on my Google Maps on the Android device, but I realized if I take two fingers uh, next to each other and scroll up and down, it actually tilts the map into a 3D style uh, image, and I had never experienced that before. I've I've done this thing where it rotates the map, where the the north starts changing direction, but uh, it's kind of a weird interface where I, I find myself accidentally spinning the maps around instead of zooming in and out, so... Uh, the, the controls they're adding is getting to be kind of intense, but it's also starting to get kind of hard to use. I, you know, I've always found Earth a little goofy in that regard, and I know exactly what you mean. You know, it's just you're kind of like trying to figure out how it's going to work. And I just I wonder uh, I wonder about that if they you know, maybe we'll take some accelerometers. I guess I haven't used it on now that I think about it on Android in quite a while. Maybe they'll get some accelerometer stuff where, you know, moving it, tilting it and stuff like that will do different things. But either way, watch the video. We've got a link in the show notes to it. It's just amazing to see this now. I mean, it looks like, um, you know, you're just kind of flying in an airplane at a couple hundred feet over the ground. And uh, it's it's just awesome. I mean, it's just creepy to think about what's going on in the back end to make all this stuff work because it is it is just amazing. It's uh, unbelievable. Well, Microsoft on Monday announced a new feature called Smart Glass for Windows Phone and Windows 8 PCs. This allows wireless streaming of content between devices, including to the Xbox gaming platform. The Smart Glass platform will work on smartphones and tablets, including those running Android and iOS, as well as Windows Phone. Microsoft also announced Xbox Music, allowing Windows Phone and Windows 8 devices to stream music. That's uh, basically what was uh, formerly known as the Zune desktop. Both services will be available starting next year. 
And finally, in software, Nokia and Microsoft this week began pushing out a firmware update for the AT&T version of the Lumia 900. Changes include fixes to the purple display issue, proximity sensor adjustments, and others. Users can obtain the update through Microsoft's Windows Zune desktop client or the Windows Phone connector for Mac. The update for the international version of the 900 will be available soon. Let's jump into some questions and comments, shall we? First off, a question from Jacob. He says, Mickey and Joey, my wife is looking to get a new phone on AT&T. She is torn between the Samsung Galaxy Note and the HTC One X. Um, I've done a little research and they both seem to be equal except for their obvious size differences. So I thought I would ask the cell phone junkies what they thought would be a better overall phone. Thanks. You guys love the show, Jacob. Well, Jacob, thanks for your question. Uh, You know, outside of those size differences, uh, one of the biggest glaring differences is that the Note is still running Android 2.3 Gingerbread on AT&T, though we've been expecting an update to ICS before the end of the month. We will see uh, what happens. Samsung has said that that will be coming sometime in Q2. So I would have to take a look at it the other way instead of recommending just on the operating system. I have to take a look at the uh, the, the note functionality. You know, the big differentiator is the stylus and the customized applications they have on the Galaxy Note. If your wife is somebody who wants to take notes or likes to take notes or has that uh, desire to do something that that like that or 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 even sketching, um, you know, with the that uh, S Pen stylus, that's totally the winner. Uh, it is a little bit bigger, of course, and, and may be more difficult to carry, but the other one's already huge enough as it is and probably will require a purse to put it in anyway. So, uh, you know, definitely think about that functionality, uh, you know, f- as far as that device goes. You know, I'm looking at, uh, you know, I'm looking at this as I, I agree with you in that functionality, but um, look at the, the, the things that are, the, you know, the same with them, obviously LTE. Uh, is on both of them. Uh, you know, they've got very similar specs in many regards, but I think it comes down to the preference of size. And for me, I think the note is too big. And um, I know I just, I look at how I use my phone when I pull it out of my pocket, when I'm, what I'm trying to get done with it. And if I'm between the one X and the note at this point, I think I'm going to choose the one X just personal preference. I like the size better. I would like the stylus support because I actually think I would use it, but based on just overall size, I think I, I still have to go with the one X. Yeah, and and for me, I'd have to really do some more evaluation of the note, but uh, I personally, I kind of would lean that direction. Mm. Okay, so there you go, Jacob. Two different answers. You know, we each have our own preferences, and that's really you know what this is all about. Is that there's going to be a lot of preference with them. Um, you know, maybe she doesn't care about ice cream sandwich. Maybe it's you know the the stylus support and all the specialized apps make a make a, a bigger difference for her. Or maybe she likes you know a, a higher end screen. It's it, you know my money is on a one X. If you're looking for a screen, I mean it does not get much better. I mean even I think the one X probably blows away the iPhone too. It's just just unbelievable. So go check those out. Uh, you know if if in, in, you got to really see them in person. Don't order it online. Go to the store. Check them out. See what uh, what's going to you know fit in your world for the next two years and feel comfortable. Next one is a comment from Samir. He says, Mickey and Joey love the show. Follow it regularly, even now that I've moved to Canada. On that note, I just wanted to inform you that according to Bell, I should be receiving my S3 LTE around June 15th, as I had pre-ordered it through the official press re- uh, excuse me, official release date on June 20th. Also, the non-contract pricing is $650 Canadian dollars for the 16 gig and $699 for 32. The three-year contract, yes, three years up here, price is still not announced, but my contract tells me that it'll be similar to 
the iPhone 4S pricing of 160 Canadian for the 16 gig. Also, it seems like both the white and blue will be available at release time, unlike rumors that had the blue on back order. Hope this helps. Thanks and keep up the good work, Samir. Well, uh, thanks, Samir. Appreciate that very much. It seems like most of the major carriers around the world um, will be getting the three, and it sounds like you know the the white and blue is pretty much uh, are the options that are going to be available everywhere. Um, obviously, a lot of European con- uh, countries have already started to see their devices launch. You know, in the UK, we've seen a lot of people that have been able to get their hands on them. So. Um, you know, it's it's good, though, to hear what the pricing is and, of course, uh, what the contract pricing is there as well. So thank you very much for your comments there. Next one, a question from Wallace. He says, guys, I have to admit, I'm a bit amused. A few shows back, I asked uh, about non-removable batteries and non-SD, uh, non-removable SD card phones. Uh, you said you kind of scoffed at them and said it was no big deal. Then the following week, Joey had Nexus issues, and the first thing out of his mouth was that he did a battery pull to uh, remove the battery to reset the phone. And Mickey, of course, you were talking about dealing with cloud storage issues anyway my question of the week is is there an application for android that will edit a two-hour podcast recording on my sd card down to a half hour or whatever i choose i'm on an android 4.0 device and would prefer to be able to do it on the phone and not on my laptop as always thank you very much you guys are the best in the business wallace wallace thank you very much uh first off for your comments um now i did find a, a couple of apps for you uh put a link in the show notes here of course uh the first one is called mp3 cutter and uh the second one is called mp3 media converter uh both of those allow you to edit uh the mp3 files which i'm guessing are what you're getting your your uh your podcast in and so you'll be able to cut those down into whatever size that you want and then save them uh i know specifically at least mp3 cutter mentioned the ability to uh, save that right there on the sd card and so that should either one of those should work for you yeah, and, and back to the uh, removable batteries. Yeah, I did uh, this weekend. Actually, I swapped batteries uh, a few times uh, because uh, only halfway through the day, my battery was absolutely dead. Uh, and that's primarily from being in a low signal area on Sprint. And then, of course, uh, a lot more usage uh, actually using Google Maps. So that's uh, one thing where the removable batteries come in very handy without having to ch- uh, carry an external charger or a battery pack with me to uh, top up the device as I'm going, which of course takes a lot longer as well. I just had, you know, pre-charged batteries. So uh, there is definitely an advantage to having a non-removable batteries or, or having removable batteries uh, versus the non-removable I will still argue that at the, you know, I I still don't think it's necessary uh, at this point with the number of universal battery accessories, with the number of specific, uh, you know, device specific battery accessories that are available uh, for a number of devices that are out there. You can usually get by with it. Um, Yes, I understand, you know, cloud storage issues. You sometimes need to have more space and whatnot. Um, uh, If it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you. I'm just saying that I've the choices that I've made. I I don't mind it. I'm I'm happy to buy a device, non-removable battery, no micro. SD storage. I'll deal with the amount of storage that I have. And you know what? I'm probably going to still choose the 16 gig option. I just on my phone don't see a need for more storage at this point. Yeah. And I kind of agree with you there, unless I'm taking a bazillion pictures with it, but it's, uh, it's one of those things you don't, the, the space, it, it really does depend on your, your needs. And, and as far as non-removable batteries and resetting the device, yeah, most devices you can press and hold a, a but, button or button combination down and it'll reset uh, hardware wise, uh, you know, complete hardware level reset uh, in the devices that have non removable batteries, which is what I deal with on the iPhone pretty much every day. Uh, you know, hold down the home button and power button, do a reset and you're good to go. So uh, anyway, though, you're right. It is a little, conf- you know, amusing that uh, we did kind of talk about it. And then a week later, just totally disregarded our comments and made other complaints about these type of issues, types of issues. But uh, anyway, 
you know, uh, your mileage may vary on uh, what works for you. Next one is a question from Dominic. He says, guys, I have a question about my Asus Transformer. I know Joey has the same tablet. Uh, the problem I have is when I'm listening to YouTube or music, the volume is really low. I did have some searches uh, online and founding, finding that an app called Voodoo can boost your volume, but the ROM that I have on the Android Open Kang project kernel does not support it. You guys um, have any suggestions on what I can do? Thank you for the help. Haven't missed a show since I started listening a year and a half ago. Thank you. Joey, I'll uh, let you take this one. So unfortunately, I didn't have time to grab the transformer and uh, look into a particular app that would work. But I would uh, browse the Play Store to see if you can find an audio manager or a, a volume booster that can do it via software. There, there are a few in there for other devices. I see one specifically that uh, excluded the transformer from their from its abilities. But looks like there's quite a few of them in there. So give give like one of those EQ ones or something like that a try. Uh, also, Mickey, there's a, I, I discovered a, a hardware modification. It looks like they, they peel the back off of it and put holes in it exactly where the little speakers are, which are like facing the back plastic and not actually out the little teeny holes that they drilled in the side of it. And uh, that actually may help drastically uh, as far as even quality goes. You can maybe crank the volume up in software, but actually putting physical holes in the back where the speakers are located will probably get you a lot more volume and, and sound quality if you feel like taking the device apart. Next one, a question from Patrick. He says, guys, love the show. A short story and then some questions. Recently, I got a text message from AT&T that I am at 65% of my data cap. I immediately turned off data on my iPhone 4. The next day, I got a text that said I'm over my limit and AT&T had charged me for my overage. I called uh, customer service to complain and I argued that I had already turned off data AT&T says it's impossible to turn off data, so I end up teaching them how to turn off the data on the iPhone, and he's teaching me about background services that may have caused excess data usage. The conversation ended up with AT&T giving credit to pay for the overage. So here's what I learned from the incident. It takes up to three days, in my case at least, for AT&T to correctly report data use. From the day I turned off data on the phone, I kept it off, and every day still it reports uh, data use for three more days. Um, I've checked the data usage by dialing... uh, star 3282 which is uh, star data so uh, outside of that here's my question is there a way for the iphone i know it's possible on android to keep using wi-fi as long as you're in a wi-fi area from what i understand the iphone uses cellular data when the screen is off i just recently discovered uh, that there is a basic data usage counter for the iphone uh, but i would like to know if it's accurate or if it would report data similarly uh, for what AT&T records. At least I can have then real-time data counter on my device. And then finally, is there uh, there are a few data counter apps in the App Store, uh, but with more features, but the reviews are not that good on most of them. Do you know of any data counter applications that are out there that uh, you would recommend for me to take a look at? It's almost WWDC. I hope they can get a better data counter in the new iOS, similar to Android 4.0 with individual reporting and setting data limits. Thanks and more power. Patrick. Well, Patrick, first off, thanks for the question. Um, it's an interesting situation, one that I'm glad you brought up. So uh, based on the way that your phone uses data, the AT&T system doesn't seem to accurately reflect the amount of data that's being used in the current, quote, session until it's closed. Meaning uh, if you are if you have your phone on and, and in use, and it may be in one session for a day or more, and it seems to be in your case, that was up to uh, three days. Meaning that uh, if, uh, you know, you are you have to think of this like the old dial-up days. Uh, you know, it's much more sophisticated, of course, but 
once you connect to the internet, your session kind of continues on and you can see this on your bills. If you ever look at your bills, you'll see where you've got, uh, it, it's recording data in big chunks. Like it'll, it'll say it, it, it initiated a data connection at, you know, two in the morning and it's, and it went for and recorded, you know, 200 megabytes of data and the next data session isn't for another day or two. Um, so, um, but once that session is ended, the carrier knows how much you've used, uh, and then, uh, it can send out notices as applicable. It's the same concept as how a phone call works. Your your the carrier doesn't record, uh, at least in the tools that it has, how long and how many minutes you've used on a particular call until you hang up on that call. And then even then, it still takes a little bit of time for the system to catch up. It's not exactly real time. Now, all of that said, the iPhone does in fact cont- uh, does have a data counter in there. Um, one of the things you mentioned though was that um, it does it. The phone does use Wi-Fi even when your screen is off. Um, you know, should you be in a Wi-Fi area, you should not have a problem with that. Though I do know in, in some instances, Wi-Fi has been known to drop out. Um, the phone will then go back to the 3G network. Uh, I've seen this happen. Uh, my wife's 3GS will uh, most of the time when we pick it up, uh, it's you know, and turn it on, it's showing 3G, not Wi-Fi. Um, I've even found it where the screen is on and it just drops the Wi-Fi connection. And it'll be, uh, you know, on 3G, even when it's doing something like streaming music, it'll just totally lose the Wi-Fi connection. So it seems like there may be a hardware or excuse me, a software issue related to actually, you know, keeping use of the hardware. Um, but uh, either way, um, the data usage counter is it seems to be pretty accurate uh, in iOS. I use it quite a bit, especially on the iPad. Um, I find it pretty accurate, um, but of course, you really use it only for estimating. Um, I've never run across another really great data counting application. I've never really looked for one outside of kind of what you did, which was searching in the you know the the store to see if there was anything out there. And like you, I found that most of them had pretty bad reviews, and um, so never really thought to go any further with it. But um, I also don't really want to have something else running on the device, uh, you know, and uh, taking up uh, processes and whatnot. I just use the built-in one. And remember to reset it. Um, I just set a calendar reminder to uh, every month on the 12th of the month. Uh, my It just says AT&T data use resets. Uh, when I get that reminder, I go in, reset uh, the counter, and uh, then I can keep track of it and see how much I've used uh, for the prior month. It's actually a pretty easy way to go and uh, something I recommend doing. So I, I would just keep using the built-in one. I haven't don't have anything that I've used uh, third party. But if you do, please let us know. We'd love to share it here. And finally today, a comment from Jeff. He says, the HTC One S screen is beautiful. No matter what you read, whatever, what you think about it, or what you've, what you've heard people say about it, uh, it is beautiful. The phone is blazing fast. The audio on the speaker is one of the best I've used by far. I listen to my podcast by the gigs. It's wonderful to have this speaker since I don't use headphones. Also, I've signed up for the Samsung Galaxy S3 already. Jeff. Well, thanks, Jeff. Uh, also, Jeff, he sent a screenshot over of some HSPA Plus speed tests that he did on the One S. He found between 16 and 19 megabits per second down and uh, over 4 megabits per second up. However, the ping times were horrible, over two-thirds of a second in both cases. Either way, though, once the tests got going, they were quite speedy, and you know, almost 20 megabits per second is uh, quite nice, and I, I do appreciate that, and I, I can uh, understand the, the, you know, the desire to go with a T-Mobile for the ability to do uh, to, to get speeds like this, especially for the prices that they offer. Well, if you have any questions or comments for us, you can get in touch with us by sending us email to questions at the cell phone junkie.com or giving us a call 206-203-3734. Of course, many ways to follow us as well. All of the news that we talk about on the show can be found over at the cell phone junkie.com or if you prefer to follow it via social media, you can follow facebook.com slash the cell phone junkie, twitter.com 
youtube.com slash cell phone junkie or over at Google Plus just by simply searching for cell phone junkie uh, or the cell phone junkie over there and you'll find us and you'll be able to follow the uh, the news that we have there as well. So Joey, thank you very much as always for your time. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening. For more information about the stories you've just heard, visit us at thecellphonejunkie.com.